Welcome to the Metro Church Podcast. Metro exists to exalt God and equip people. Here at Metro, we long to become a community that celebrates the presence of God, communicates the Word of God, demonstrates the love of God, and educates the people of God. Everything we do revolves around this core mission and vision. We are so glad you are here today to listen to this week's podcast. It is our prayer that this message encourages you and equips you to be like Christ in all aspects of your life. Enjoy today's message. What a joy to be in the house of the Lord to continue to worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. I take this time to welcome each one of you to the house of God. Amen. This month is also the month we celebrate our anniversary, 22 years. The Lord has been good to us and we thank God for his faithfulness. And I want to especially say thank you to my beautiful wife, Anita, for bearing with me in these 22 years of married life. She has been a constant source of encouragement, comfort, consolation, my biggest critique, and also um, my corrector. So I thank God for the ministry that she, is, uh, she has been. She's such a blessing she has been. And we thank God for God's goodness and God's faithfulness. Amen. This morning, what a joy to see you all here in the house of God and to, and to lift up the name of the Lord, to worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. Hallelujah. For the last one month, we were in a series uh, of worship. The Heart of Worship was a series that we did in the month of August. And from there, to jump to this new month, in the month of September, we are doing a new series where we are, uh, we are traveling through or journeying through the life of David, a man who is called in the Bible twice a man after God's own heart. So from worship to the most ardent worshiper in the Old Testament, the most ardent worshiper in the Old Testament. Church, um, you all have been praying for a young girl by name Abby, six years old. She comes to our Frisco, faith, uh, Frisco campus. And as you few, many of you know, she's been going through cancer. She's been going through chemo. This past week, she finished a second round of chemo. Last Sunday, we had the opportunity to meet her uh, in the apartment that they live. We just met them outside the apartment. Her hairs are all gone. She loved her hair very much. Hairs are all gone, but uh, that has not taken, it's not dampened her spirit. She's still very, she loves to talk. And you know, one of the things that she told as we were leaving is, I miss coming to church. Now that is a six-year-old child. She's not accustomed to church. She's not even a believer in that way. She's not even a Christian in that way. Abby and her mom, they come from Nepal. But to see the joy in the face of that six-year-old child going through chemo, that I miss coming to church and I miss my friends in church, in the two or three weeks that she came to Frisco Church, she already made friends with a couple of her, her own age kids, and she misses them. And I began, as I was thinking and meditating on the life of David, here is a man who would remind us through the scripture, when they said unto me, let us go to the house of the Lord, I was filled with joy. Hallelujah, here we are, Jerusalem. We have come right here to worship you. 
what a joy what an exuberant joy not just mere joy what an exuberant joy for a man of god who loves to worship god so what do you think about david there are many aspects of david that we can think about david as a man who loved to worship god david as a man who fell in love with the commandments of god david as a man who had a heart of repentance for you know asking forgiveness before god psalm 51 is very um, is known to us god willing you know one of the sermons i definitely want to touch upon his his lament before god his cry to ask forgiveness before god there are several aspects of the life of david but one of the thing that this morning i want to share with you is why why he is a man after god's own heart and that stands out so so beautifully in first samuel chapter 17 the story has been known to us from sunday school onwards isn't it david and goliath the one aspect of his life that you and i find again and again in the bible is the bible talks about his faith his faith an incredible impressive faith that david had hallelujah first samuel chapter 13 verse 14 is the first time samuel the prophet speaks to king saul the first king of israel he says god has rejected you saul and god has selected for himself a man after his own heart a man after his own heart he didn't tell the name of the man he didn't tell anything regarding much regarding about that man god has found for himself a man after his own heart in the new english translation it says the lord has sought out for himself a man who is loyal to him the lord has sought out a man after his own heart the esv translation apostle paul several centuries later in the book of acts chapter 13 during the first missionary journey in antioch of pisidia in the synagogue when he got the opportunity to share the gospel he begins from abraham he takes them on the journey of the history of israel and he comes to the life of david and he says there i have found in david the son of jesse a man after my heart who will do all my will so if, if even a short version, if you want to know why David is known as a man after God's own heart, Paul says this is the reason why he is a man after God's own heart because he was able to do all the will of God in his life. Devatthande poornahidam, thande jeevathul kode cheevan kalinya uri manishanayirunare David. He was a man who was able to fulfill the will of God in his lifetime again in the scripture it says david completed all that god had told him to complete in his lifetime life span and he died and he breathed his last here is a man you know the bible doesn't paint this beautiful picture it also paints the picture of his fallenness his fallenness you know when you when you read the rest of the history of the kings of israel every king every king is evaluated from from what from David's perspective, from David's perspective, whether they are the king of Israel, whether the king of Judah, everyone, David then becomes the touchstone from which every other king is evaluated in the rest of the history of Israel. But the Bible, is, Bible paints this picture very beautifully. What do we read? We read in actually uh, in, in the scripture in first, uh, first Kings. This is what God says in first Kings chapter 15. Nevertheless, for David's sake, the Lord his God gave him a lamp in Jerusalem. 
David did what was right in the eyes of the Lord and did not turn aside from anything that he commanded him all the days of his life, except in the matter of Uriah the Hittite. So yes, his sin is still called out for, yet the Bible declares that he did everything, everything that was according to the will of God, everything that God commanded him. No wonder the Bible Describes, and he's the only person in the scripture who said, A man after God's own heart. A man after God's own heart. Why would he become a man after God's own heart? Is, that is the journey that we will continue on in this month. So, as I said, in order to understand for us the, the faith of David, we need to come to 1 Samuel chapter 17. Because David is a larger than life picture in the Old Testament. After Abraham, after the patriarchs, after Joseph, after Moses, he's the other person who is towering figure in the Old Testament. Nearly half of the Psalms have been penned by him. First Samuel and Second Samuel talk so highly of David and what he could accomplish for, for God. First Samuel chapter 17 is a beautiful chapter that we all know. Every Sunday school child knows this story by heart. David and Goliath. David and Goliath. All the young women in Israel, they were chatting, they were sharing in the Instagram, they were sharing in the Snapchat, they were sh sharing in the Facebook in that time. I mean, Saul killed his thousands, David is ten thousands. Man, in one instant, this man got a following of millions probably. YouTube channels are, many YouTube channels, channels are being made in the name of David. And everyone is spinning a story as he sees it, as he, he saw the story. Talk show hosts, if you ask them, they would be spinning the stories of what happened in the Valley of Elah and how David was able to accomplish this great victory over Goliath, over Goliath. But no one saw this young man when he was all alone by himself in the wilderness. God saw him. God saw him. This morning I want to encourage you, church, how faith may be called to be on display sometimes in the big picture of life, like Samuel 17. But before that happens, but before that happens, God is still watching you and me in the secret places, in those wilderness journeys, in those lonely places, he may still be watching us. Is our faith being challenged in those moments as well? When a lion comes, when a bear comes, when other calamities come, even there, even there, will our faith stand up to the scrutiny of God. When there is no paparazzi following you to capture what you have done on the valley of Elah, even when there is no paparazzi there to capture your pictures and bring you to fame on the big platform and say, here is a man who could do what God called him to do. Even no one is seeing, and no one is seeing, God saw him. You know, the beauty of the whole story of David is this, that it was God's engineering of bringing up David, even when he had not done anything, even when he had not done anything. That tells you and me something beautiful about God, that you and I are called, chosen, anointed, endowed, not based on merits, but based on his mercy alone. Indian it's all happens because of his mercy, not because of any of the merits that you and I think that we have before God. No, 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 no. 
I have found a man after my own heart. When David had done nothing, David had done nothing, and no one saw him. I mean, hallelujah. Even in those moments, God was engineering him in the background, preparing him. You know, church, this is what God is sometimes seeing us in the background. Young people, I want to just encourage you. Sometimes you may be saying that nobody sees me. Nobody sees me in the way. Nobody's allowing me to come to the big platform. No, but even before you come to the big platform, God may be preparing you, channelizing you, and seeing your heart while you're being molded in the secret places in those wilderness moments. You know, who we are and where we are, that is seen by God. You know, as I was, uh, our faith is sometimes tested in small moments of life. The other day, I had to rush to an Indian store just to buy one small thing. It was uh, curd. So I was just rushing there. I all, all I needed to buy was curd and come out of as quickly as possible. So I went and picked it up, and I'm coming to the counter. There are two elderly women who are already ahead of me in the counter. They are trying to buy the things, and uh, uh, they are buying few things. They forget some things. They again come back. So it's taking, it's taking forever. And there was a time when I was really upset a little bit in my heart. What is going on? I want to be gracious as much as possible, but at the same time, I'm upset also. And then finally, I thought they are done, and I put my curd on that, on that uh, uh, place, and the guy picks it up, he scans it. Suddenly, these women who had gone out come back. Oh, we forgot one thing. There was a small papaya, which they forgot. And they brought it back, they scanned it, and he gave the money. Suddenly, the Holy Spirit just reminded me and convicted me how ungrateful you were you thought that you were just giving some grace to them. which I was ungrateful because you know why? I heard them say something like this. This one elderly lady is talking to her friend and, she, and then she's staying to the cashier. And I immediately, why, why, why it touched me is because I sensed that they were not even Christian believers. I, I think so. I think so because the word she used. On that day when I stand before Allah, I will be asked for this. On that day, when I stand before Allah, I will be asked for this papaya. It cost for $2. And I thought to myself, Lord, nobody asked them. Even if they would have gone and walked out of, nobody would have seen, no buzzer would have gone. But for them to come back, even for that, stems from the perspective of knowing what their belief system is. To stand before their God one day. And how much more for us as believers. So that was the conviction came to me. Lord, forgive me even to become a little agitated in my spirit when I saw them, that how clumsy they were in going through their merchandise. What is the life lesson from the life of David that young David wants to teach us? Four things very quickly. I want to lead you this morning, 1 Samuel chapter 17. The story is so, so vivid to us. Um, don't want to read all the scripture passages. But as I continue on, I will, I will only myself read some of the scripture passages. Number one. This is what David teaches us concerning faith. Faith stands out in the midst of fears. Faith stands out in the midst of fears. Fear is the antidote for fear. Faith is the antidote for fear. Faith and fear, they both cannot coexist and go together. Faith will save us. Fear will drown us. Faith will save us. Fear will drown us. You know the story of Peter. When Jesus said, when Peter saw that it was Jesus who was walking on the water, he immediately said, Lord, command that I will also come to you. And Jesus said, come. 
Immediately by faith, he stepped into the water. The Bible says, Peter began to walk on the water. But suddenly, fear gripped him when he saw the wind. Fear gripped him when he saw the tempest. Fear gripped him when he saw the water coming to, towards himself. And suddenly he started sinking down. He suddenly started drowning down. And he cried out, Lord, save me. Save me. Jesus reached out his hand and saved him. What is so special about David in this, in this whole story? The moment David enters the story, on the 40th day of the battle of Elah, the 40th day, verse 17, chapter 17, verse 11, reminds us, chapter 17, verse 11, Saul and all Israel heard the words of the Philistine, and they were dismayed and greatly afraid. They were dismayed and greatly afraid. Chapter 17, verse 24, reminds us, all the men of Israel, when they saw the giant Goliath, they fled from him and were much afraid. The story the narrator mentions is, Saul and his entire army, they are afraid of his giant-sized man, probably nine, nine and a half feet tall. The coat that he was wearing, the armor coat that he was wearing, most of the commentators say somewhere between 150 to 220 pounds worth weight of the coat that he was wearing. Probably David was not even that much of weight considering, considering the, the, the weight, the coat of armor that, that Goliath was, was wearing. Yet we read, when he came and challenged the armies of God, you know what he did? They all were afraid. They all were afraid. That's the backdrop when young David enters the battlefield. What is faith though? What's chapter 17, verse 31. The moment he heard this guy speaking like this, David heard him speak. And David said to Saul and the rest of the king, I will go and fight him. Don't be afraid. I will go and fight him. Three things he said concerning Goliath. Number one, he said concerning Goliath, how dare he defy the armies of the living God? Number one. Number two, he is a reproach to the people of Israel. And number three, he is an uncircumcised Philistine. Uncircumcised Philistine. David continued to keep saying these things. Continued to keep saying these things. Finally, he was brought before King Saul. And he said to King Saul also the same thing. Don't be afraid of him. Don't be afraid of him. Hallelujah. 40 days, the people were already covering in fear. 40 days, this giant of a man is coming and challenging them, taunting them every single day. Come fight me. And if you win over me, we will be your subjects. We will be your slaves for the rest of your life. 40 days, no one dared to challenge this man because they were all filled with fear. But young man, young David, Probably 17, 18, 20. Scholars have different opinion as to how old he, how, how young he was. If you read chapter 16, you begin to see that when he, he was anointed, he was young. Afterwards, you read several characteristics of David that the Holy Spirit reminds us that he was he was he was good-looking young man. He had good complexion, he was good at speaking, he was skilled in playing instruments. But most importantly, the Lord was with him. The Lord was with him. Psalm 27 verse 3, he reminds us, Though an army encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war arise against me, yet I will be confident. Hallelujah. Where did he learn this? 
Probably in the wilderness. No. Maybe when he was facing giant. Maybe later on in his life, he had to face many more battles. Hallelujah. He's saying, even though an army encamp against me, I shall not be afraid. But rather, I will be confident in what the Lord can accomplish through me. Chapter 17, verse 32. He goes and says to Saul and his people, let no man's heart fail because of Goliath. Hallelujah. I will go and fight. Verse 46, he says, this day the Lord will deliver you into my hand and I will strike you down. Church, even today, so many years later, down the centuries, we still speak about David's faith. David's faith. We never talk about Saul. We never talk about the armies of Israel. We never talk about anybody else in that battle. We still talk about David and Goliath. Why? Because faith always speaks louder than fears. Faith always speaks louder than fears. And centuries may more come till the Lord's coming. Faith, faith, the faith of David will continue to speak over every fear. This morning, church, I just want to encourage you. I don't know what fears you and I may be facing in our own individual life, but allow faith to arise in your heart to speak over, over your fears. Why? Because your God is bigger. Your God is stronger. Your God is mightier than every fear that can come in your life. Amen? Hallelujah. The second aspect that we find in the story of David is this. Faith operates from the knowledge of our identity. Faith operates from the knowledge of our identity. How can faith work? Faith only works when you and I know who we are. David operated from... From the knowledge of two identities. Number one, he knew who he was. And number two, he also knew who Goliath was. David remembered what Saul and his army had forgotten. What had they forgotten? That they are the armies of the living God. The moment David enters the battle, what does he say? How dare he defy the armies of the living God? His three brothers were in the army. Saul and his entire people are there in the battlefield. Arrayed in battle. I mean, hallelujah, clothes. Arrayed in all the armor of the battle. You know, fatigue, everything they have. But they are not able to think. Why? Because of the very first day, the enemy came and told him what? This is what the enemy said. You are the servants of Saul. You are the servants of? Day one, the enemy said, you are the servants of? What did David say on day one? What did David say on the day one? We are the armies of the? See, see the identity? What, what, what did Goliath did? Goliath came and through his words, through his action, he, he, he completely took over the entire army and said, we are merely the servants of King Saul. But when David came, he realized and he said, no guys, we are not the servants of Saul, but we are the body of God. We are the, the army of the living God. There's a whole big difference. Hallelujah. You know what is the biggest challenge for this generation today? The biggest challenge for our generation is that they lack the sense of their identity. They lack the sense of their identity. Not knowing who they are. Because if we know who we are, we will be able to resist the enemy. We will be able to resist the enemy and fight against the enemy. Stand up 
taking up the armor of God. In Metro students, for the last two weeks, those who have come, you have come, we, we're doing a new series. And that series is called The Imago Dei of God. The image bearers of God. Who are we? We are the image bearers of God. God has created us in the likeness and image of himself. This is the same battle that took place to, you know, in the Garden of Eden. What did, what did the enemy come and say? You will be, you will be like God. Just a twist of word. You will be like God. They were already created in the image of God. They were already created in the likeness of God. They had the power to have dominion over everything. They should have been the ones to say to the serpent, you are a serpent created by God. We are already in the image and likeness of God. They failed to do that. Goliath was able to capture the hearts of Israel and they all began to think, we are merely the servants of Saul. But David would not let that happen. He says, how dare he defy the armies of the living God. Hallelujah. He knows who he is. To whom do I belong? To whom do I belong? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Church, in this generation also, the enemy takes captive the thoughts and minds of young people and all of us sometimes. We forget and we fail to realize who we are. And when we fail to realize who we are, we succumb. We succumb to the tactics of the enemy. We succumb to the temptations of the enemy. We fail to stand up to the standards that God has for you and for me. No matter, no wonder David is called as a man after God's own heart because he understands one thing. He understands one thing, how the battle is waged. For the Philistines and the Israelites, the battle is waged with javelin and spear. But for David, the battle is not waged with javelin and spear. It is waged in the name of the Lord. Amen? Yudtham chayinadu, amen, walangundo, but David realizes the battle is never fought with spears and with javelin, but it is in the name of the Lord. I know where do I belong? Whom do I belong to? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The key was faith in the Lord. Faith in the Lord. Amen. The third thing David's faith reminds us in this story is this. Faith sees obstacles as opportunities of divine plan. Faith sees obstacles as opportunities for divine plan. 40 days, this champion from the, from the ranks of Philistine is challenging God's people. 40 days, no one is able to take up the challenge and go and fight him. David came into the battlefield not to fight Goliath. You know the story. He never came to fight Goliath. He came as what? As a messenger. His father called him. And I begin to, as I was reading again, the Holy Spirit is reminding me, three of his sons, Jesse's three of his older sons have gone into the battle. You know those names, the names are also mentioned. Why wouldn't Jesse call the fourth man, the fifth man, the sixth man, and the seventh man? Why wouldn't he call them and send them into the battle to inquire about the welfare of his sons? Why David? Why David? Because God was preparing a platform for his servant to be exposed and revealed to Israel. And what a revelation would that be when he kills a man whose name is Goliath, which pretty much means to uncover, to reveal. By killing Goliath, a man whose mean, name would mean something to uncover, something to open, something to reveal. God is preparing a platform. 
platform for his servant at the right time on the 40th day of the battle. Not one day late, not one day early, on the 40th day of the battle to remind that I prepare the platform for you to rise up. Hallelujah. Eliab saw it as an obstacle. Goliath is an obstacle. This challenge is an obstacle. Eliab is even angry with David. Hey, why did you come to the battle? I know the crookedness of your heart. Where did you leave the small? When you read Eliab's story, you begin to think that what is he thinking? He's, he's fighting there for the last 40 days. He's in the battlefield, yet his mind is still situated where? With a small flock of Chiefs that father has. Is he a good fighter? Is he a good soldier? Or rather, I, would, I was also tempted to think, probably thinking, after I leave early retirement from military, I will go and take care of my father's sheep. So he's so worried. So he's asking David, where did you leave those sheep? Oh, my dad. He's already given up. He's already quit. David realizes something, obstacles will come in life, but obstacles can become opportunities that God prepares as a platform for his glory. Praise God. Hallelujah. God prepares this young man. Young man. He is already employed. He is already employed by Dave, uh, Saul. He is a skillful, skillful playing Skillful man in playing harp. Already been used by King Saul as a therapeutic guy who would come and play the harp and the, and the spirit of uh, the, the, the evil spirit would leave him. Faith saw an opportunity come his way and faith says, this is your moment. You know, ten, think about it. A young man coming to the battlefield, dad told him to take some cheesecakes and go and give to his brothers. I'll go do that and come back. That's it. I don't have to stay there. Why should I stay there? But as I'm staying there, I hear a giant coming and defying. His spirit just boiled up. He got agitated in his spirit. And then he began to ask. And people began to say, hey, you know what? King Saul had some, said something. Whoever defeats this giant, what will large money will be given to him. He will give his daughter to them. And also his parents' house will be tax exempt. Wow. What did, dad told, what did dad tell David? When you go there, bring a pledge of your goodness, isn't it? If I come back home and say, Dad, our family has no more to give tax for the rest of our life, wouldn't that be a good pledge to bring to dad? Tell me. If you're tax-free in this nation, wouldn't it be good? It'd be good, isn't it? How much money are we giving in tax? We give so much money away in tax every year. So David sees this as an opportunity, but more than anything else, his heart is agitated because this guy had the audacity to dare challenge God's army. And he said, how can he do this 40 days? How can you allow him to do this for the last 40 days? Where Eliab saw as an obstacle, where Saul saw as an obstacle, the army saw Goliath as an obstacle. David, through the eyes of faith, sees it not as an obstacle, but as an opportunity to demonstrate the glory of God. Church, this morning, no matter what obstacles are there in our life, it could be anything pertaining to anything, health challenges, financial challenges, relationship challenges, 
Can you see this as opportunities for God to reveal his glory? Can your faith rise to say, I see this not as an obstacle anymore, but I see it as a platform for God to do his mighty work. Finally, finally, faith declares moments of divine intervention. You know, all these things that I've been sharing is all action verbs, isn't it? All action verbs. What does faith do? Faith sees, faith proclaims, faith operates, faith stands. They're all action verbs. Finally, what we see in the story is this. Faith is willing to see the stories of the past deliverance and give glory to God and say, if my God had been with me in those moments, he's faithful to be with me in this moment and even in the future. What is David's story? What is David's story? David's story is simple. When he comes before Saul, Saul says, you are not able to go and fight him. You're not able to go and fight him. Because you are a young man. You're a young boy. Whereas this man, he has been trained soldier for many, many years. David says, sir, can I tell you one of my story? Can I tell you one of my story? Saul says, go ahead, tell me your story. Sir, one day I was tending my father's flock. A bear came. A bear came and snatched one of my, my, my father's sheep. I went behind it. I went behind it and I stuck him and delivered that sheep from the mouth of the bear. That's all I did. But when the bear came to attack me, I smote him dead. Second time, second time, a lion, same thing. I went and rescued the lamb from the mouth of the lion. The lion came up against me. I smote the lion. Sir, I have defeated, I have struck down not one bear. I have struck down bears. I have struck down lions. Not just one. I have struck down bears. I have struck down lions. This is the story of my life, of God's hand upon my life. Faith speaks and declares who God is and what God can do. You know what? Church, why do we stand on testimonies of the yesterday years? Because those testimonies inspire us. This week we had the opportunity to visit a family. And we, we were sitting down with an uncle. He has been coming to church for the last three months. Never got to talk to him. But when we sat down, he started sharing a beautiful story. When doctors had given up hope on him, his children came from the United States. His daughter came from UK. They all came thinking that he's going to die. His body had become, you know, because of some kidney infection, his body was completely in infection. And the doctors have given up on him. They didn't even try to take care of him. They put him in the side of the room thinking that he's going to die. But God started intervening in his life while he was there. And then God began to miraculously heal him. His kidney, he was on dialysis for some time. And every time he was in dialysis, he was, he was so worried. And he started praying to the Lord, Lord, how much more can I continue in dialysis? He began to pray to the Lord. And the Lord continued to heal him. His doctors were amazed that even without dialysis, today he's a walking man. He's a walking miracle. He's right here in our midst. Hallelujah. And I thank God for such wonderful testimonials of God's intervention. Why? That others can also find inspiration Look to the God who is much more bigger than all our challenges are. David does all these things for what? All for one thing. In 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 46 to 47, this is what David says. All the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. 
assembly may know that the lord saves the lord saves the lord saves not my name not my fame all for god's glory എൻ്റെ മഹത്വമല്ല എൻ്റെ പുകഴ്ചയല്ല സകല വിമാവിന് മഹത്വം ഇടണം ഈ ജനം കാണണം ഇസ്രായേൽ കാണണം ഫിലിസ്തീൻ കാണണം യോവ വിടുവിക്കുന്ന ദൈവമാണ് Church this morning, as I close here, what kind of a faith are we demonstrating? Is my faith standing out in the midst of fears? Can our faith in the Lord triumph over our every fear? Is my faith operating from the knowledge of my identity? Is my faith able to see obstacles, obstacles, has god sent opportunities for his divine plans to be revealed in me is my faith declaring and speaking the past stories of divine redemption is my faith all about god's glory is my faith all about god's glory why faith is so important why faith is so important church could you stand with me this morning why faith is so important even in the new testament Jesus commended people who had faith. You know, only two people got commended by Jesus in the New Testament. One was the Syrophoenician woman. The second was the centurion. To both of them Jesus said, "Your faith is great." To both of them Jesus said, "Your faith is great." Syrophoenician woman outside of the covenant of God. Centurion outside of the covenant of God but they both realize that Jesus in Jesus alone there is healing in Jesus alone there is salvation when our faith is tested when our faith is challenged when our faith is called out for can God trust our faith or this morning i don't know what mountains are you facing are you able to declare it I speak to your mountains in the name of Jesus be thou cast out can you speak to your fears this morning and say every fear be gone in the name of Jesus because my god is bigger my god is better my god is stronger shall we continue to worship god this morning church Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. If there is anything we can do to continue equipping you in your pursuit to be like Jesus, then please do not hesitate to reach out to us on our website at metrochurch.us. Also, if you found today's message to be inspiring and informative, then please share it with your family and friends and leave a review on this podcast platform or on our website. Again, thank you for joining us. We are so grateful for you. Have a great week and God bless you and your family.